Hi, and welcome to Vax Talk. This is the podcast for people who don't want to get sick with vaccine preventable diseases. My name is Karen Ernst, and I am the Executive Director of Voices for Vaccines. And I'm Nathan Boonstra. I'm a general pediatrician at Blank Children's Hospital in Des Moines, Iowa. And today we are coming to you for the first time in August. We will be here three more times. So if you're listening to us for the first time ever, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, or probably anywhere else you get your podcasts. Uh, And we are coming to you today because it is National Immunization Awareness Month, the entire month of August, which is incredibly exciting. Are you excited about that, Nathan? I am. This is a great month. Uh, I get to do some oh talking later in the month with uh, there's a there's a webinar going on with the CDC that uh, several doctors are going to be involved in, and so if we get a link to that, we can put that up on the page. Or um, so yeah, there's a lot going on. There is. I, I I think of National Immunization Awareness Month as kind of like the Fourth of July for vaccines in the U.S. Right. It gets so confusing with all the acronyms, though, because, I mean, we have uh, this month, but then we have National Infant Immunization. There's a lot of I's in there because infants mm-hmm. and immunizations and some other things to start with I get all kind of jumbled up. But this is the big month. This is for all vaccines. Right. So N-I-A-M, NIAM. Yeah. Um, before we talk extensively about NIAM and then the theme of this week, which is babies and young children... It's actually the full theme is babies and young children, a healthy start begins with on-time vaccinations. Before we go to that, we're going to do our usual around the web. And do you want to start or would you like me to start? Well, I'll tell you, I, uh, interestingly enough, so I uh, have not probably been doing as much vaccine oriented, like reading around the web as I have so much about, um, Healthcare and healthcare coverage, and following the healthcare debate, which just came to a dramatic conclusion the night before last, or uh, depending on if you're thinking that the vote happened in the morning or whatnot, but a couple of days ago. And so, as far as vaccination, I'm just relieved right now that, that at least for the time being, that uh, Medicaid uh, cuts are not right now in the picture. That that is important. I mean, Medicaid affects immunization. Medicaid affects everybody, not just uh, people who need Medicaid for healthcare, but Medicaid affects um, vaccination funding, funding for programs like Vaccines for Children um, and other programs like that. Uh, and that affects everybody. If immunization rates go down in some populations, vaccine-preventable diseases can uh, cause outbreaks and affect people in other populations. So everybody should really care about that, and everybody can be really happy that, at least for the time being, uh, I, I feel like I can take at least uh, a little bit of a deep breath now that I know that repeal and def- is, is defeated and, and funding cuts for Medicaid have been taken off the table for a brief period we can think ha take a breath and regroup and then go back and and keep standing up for kids and keep standing up for vaccines right and i think you know one of the things that people in the whole vaccine sphere were concerned about was the uh public health no the prevention and public health fund i always Mm -hmm. have to see the letters pphf pphf PPHF, um that was going really unrecognized by sort of the general population uh that we were keeping our eye on that and that is safe for now 
which is fantastic. It's 12% of the CDC budget, mm-hmm. and it is a huge chunk of budgets in state departments of health across the country for doing things like f- fighting outbreaks. So, whew. <laughs> 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 All right. That's, that was good. That's good that that is still around. Yeah. So what have you been looking at lately? Well, I we have a friend of ours, Dr. Vince Ianelli, mm-hmm. posted something on list challenges. So I don't know if you've ever done the whole list challenges thing. No, it, I don't you think know, so. It's, oh, it's how many of these books that you would never oh, to, sure, have sure, you read. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Yes. How many of these yep. countries have you visited? How many of these foods have you eaten? That was the most recent one that I saw, and it right. had crickets on it. I did not had not eaten crickets before. I don't even like touching crickets. I don't think there are cricket restaurants in my area. Crick cricketeries. Yeah, not in Des Moines, huh? No. <laughs> not much call for that around here. <laughs> um so the cool thing about this list challenges that he put up is that it's va- vaccine books. Uh, there are many books to help parents get educated about vaccines and avoid getting influenced by vaccine scare stories and anti-vaccine ta- talking points. How many of these books have you read? And I have mm-hmm. to admit, I haven't read enough of them. Hmm. Um, y- you know, th- some of my favorites, um, Paul Offit's Autism's False Prophets. Yep. A new newer book that everyone should read, Calling the Shots, Why Parents Reject Vaccines by Dr. Jennifer Reich. Uh, Deadly Choices, again, by Paul Offit. Uh, Neurotribes by Steve Silberman, The Panic Virus by Seth Mnookin, lots of other books that I that I realize I need to add to my Amazon wish list in hopes that people buy them for me for Christmas. So that's exciting. It's and the the website for that is listchallenges.com slash vaccine hyphen books. I'm I'm looking at the list right now. So and and the thing you know, I try pretty hard to read some of the um the, the some some anti-vaccine books just to kind of keep up. I d- certainly don't want to be the kind of person that says, you know, I I read, I read, I read, but I've never actually read anything that you think I, that that the other uh, side of the story thinks that I should read. And so I've read a lot. You know, this is mostly pro-vaccine books, but I think there's a few. Are there a few anti-vaccine books in there? Or no, not? it's all, this pro-vaccine all pro-vaccine. Books, it's all yeah. pro-vaccine books. Okay. Um, and I've read I read a number of these, but there's a few there that I haven't read. That I would really like to get to, and then I've read a few anti. I've read a few that would be considered on the other side of the coin. I've read um, Callous Disregard, and I've read oh um, Kennedy Kennedy's book. Oh yeah, um, the Be Scared of Mercury. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yes. I something uh, I can't remember the title off the top of my head, but I remember uh, taking a photo because I had altered the the. Um, some words on the cover to say uh, fake news, <laughs> uh, alternative fact, alternative facts. Alternative let the facts it was let the science speak, and I was like, no, no, I'll fix that for you. Let the alternative facts speak. There you go. <laughs> well, I have to tell you that I'm probably not going to get to these super soon because mm-hmm. I'm in the middle of reading um, Voices for Vaccines, Darling, and uh, fabulous copywriter Ashley Shelby's new book, which Ooh. has nothing to do with vaccines, but I'm just going to oh, mention okay. it anyhow. She, she wrote a book called South Pole Station. It's wonderful. Okay. It's zero to do with vaccines. Are but we talking fiction, nonfiction? What are we talking fic- about? Here? It's fiction. Okay. And it's Is lovely. It, I assume it's not science fiction. No, it's not science uh, fiction. It's fiction about science, though. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that, that that's good. Yeah. It can go on my stack, I suppose. Yeah. Everyone should read that. It has nothing to do with vaccines. I probably shouldn't sure. mention it in the podcast, but we all love Ashley, so we're going to do that. Good. 
Okay, well, let's start talking about NIAM 17, Kay. shall we? Let's dig in. National Immunization Awareness Month is the month of August every year, and we all talk about vaccines. We focus about vaccines. We try to reach parents and the broader community and by we I mean everybody who is in any fashion connected to the vaccine world tries to reach parents and the broader community discussing why vaccines are important what vaccines people should get why vaccines are fantastic just making sure everyone sort of knows what you know vaccines are out there and, and knows what they should be doing as far as protecting their families against vaccine preventable diseases uh so that's sort of the the nitty-gritty um one thing i want to mention is that there's all sorts one of the places that's most active i think during national immunization awareness month is twitter mm-hmm. and so if you are a tweeter then you want to look for that stuff at the hashtag niam17 niam17 You'll find all sorts of good stuff there, um, and and if you're again if you're a tweeter, use that hashtag. Share your favorite stuff. It's super important. It really does go a far way when we all are sharing that stuff together. Yeah, and if you're on Twitter, um, you know, I love hearing from vaccine advocates that I haven't uh, heard from before. So look for me at uh, at PedsGeekMD. And then they can get, you know, I mean, your your voices for vaccines remind me how you spell that on Twitter. It's with the number four because yeah. otherwise there wouldn't be enough. Yeah, so it's voices number four vaccines. Mm-hmm. On, on Twitter, we're like Prince. On Facebook, mm-hmm. we're like I was a good English major. Right, right. So, yeah. Uh, s- and, and again, lots of great people tweet during the month. Um, which kind of comes to what can you do during National Immunization Awareness Month. Nathan, what should pediatricians do during National Immunization Awareness Month? I think for us, it is our chance to, um, you know, not a lot, not every, (laughs) there are a lot of good pediatricians on Twitter or on social media or on other in other venues that take the time to speak out and raise awareness for vaccines. But uh, the majority of pediatricians who are great pediatricians, they're busy and have other areas of interest. So, you know, of my friends that are pediatricians in the area, I think each one of them is really good at that they specialize in something that they're an advocate for. So I have friends that are legislative advocates that are going to the Hill and spending time talking about um, uh, helping kids in terms of poverty and adverse childhood experiences and, and all kinds of things like that. I have friends that are very interested in um, talk, uh, promoting healthy habits and what initiatives can we do in our community to uh, improve kids' health, uh, tackle obesity issues, things like that. But I think it's important for all pediatricians to take at least a little time, and this is the month to do it, to say, hey, you know, if you haven't realized and you haven't heard from me, friends, I really think immunizations are important, and this is why. Uh, It's one of those things where immunizations, when we talk about convincing people and we've talked to some great people on this podcast who like to try to argue you know we talked with Craig Egan who who is actually very good at at one-on-one talking to um, somebody who's against vaccines and getting them to think differently but the other kind of 
side of getting minds to change is changing over time and changing the culture. And I know I keep saying this on this podcast, but let's let's you know let's, let's it's important to speak up and make your voice add to the culture in a positive way. And that's what pediatricians can do because not every pediatrician is necessarily considers themselves considers themselves an advocate. Uh, at least not a, a, a big vocal vaccination advocate that they dedicate their time to, but they can do it some this month, and it's a great idea. That's that's awesome. What forums do you recommend to pediatricians who are just getting their feet wet, sort of being more public advocates for immunization, even if it's just during the month of August? What forums do you think mm-hmm. work best for that? Well, you know, there was a study within the last few years that looked at people's uh, social networks, right, and immunization practices. And so the when we talk about social networks in this sense, what we mean is our friend network. It does not necessarily mean our social network in the uh, Aaron Sorkin movie Facebook sense. It means the people that we know and the people that we connect with, uh, but that also includes our Facebook friends and our Twitter communities and all that stuff. So I actually think it's probably most important for people to uh, take a look at our personal social networks and say something, and whether that's a Facebook post or whether that's when you're at a, a community event or having friends over. Um, I, that's not to say you're going to be like the guy who's just like cornering people talking about immunizations, but that does mean that when the subject comes up or when there's an opportunity, because almost always parents are talking about what they're doing with their kids and and being willing to say you know this is what I think and this is of course true whether you're a pediatrician or not but I think pediatricians in particular when we talk about that the, the those social networks and how families with a lot of social connections that don't immunize they tend to not immunize and the opposite is true about uh, families with a lot of social contacts that do immunize uh, we want physicians to be in those voices we want people to realize you know it's interesting for as much as i think physicians get frustrated and say you know i have have these families that don't immunize and they just uh aren't listening they're just not you know i I try to educate them and it's just not working and i don't think there's anything i can say that may be true for a, a, a small number of people but really parents say that they listen to physician voices physician voices are influential and if you're seeing if a parent is seeing on their um on their feed on their personal facebook feed their friends who are physicians speaking up and saying this that makes an impact over time so i think that's really the best venue talk to the people that you know make sure people that like you if they know that you immunize and you think it's important that makes a difference Absolutely. And and for parents, you know, a lot of times just sort of um, turning the, the tables to, to parents and what they can do because parents are also in those those social networks. Um, although I hope people aren't getting lots of medical advice from just, you know, the, the lady who goes to the playground at the same time as you. Mm-hmm. But parents talk to each other about parenting choices. And right now, vaccinating is still seen socially as a parenting choice instead of a medical decision. Uh, Mm -hmm. So parents have an important role, too. And I think in those exact same places, I think the difference is when I'm talking to parents about how to advocate that they don't have to have a ton of answers for other people. I agree. 
that really one of the most important forms of advocacy is just letting other people know that you vaccinate your kids because that's important to you. That's something you value. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you don't have to, you know, if they're like, well, do you know you're poisoning your kids? You don't have <laughs> to have a witty comeback. You're like, well, that's that's your opinion, man. Um, but we in, in my family, we vaccinate. Um, and I think I, you can always kind of say... You know, oh, I hear your concern. I've actually done a lot of reading on that. I've done my research, you know, use that phrase. I've done my research on that. And I agree with the overwhelming number of doctors as well as studies that say that immunization is safe and that it it saves lives. That's kind of a simple, I think that's the most simple phrase you can say when somebody says that. You don't have to answer every question, whether it's in real life or on Facebook you can just you can say that and it's simple and true and i think pretty powerful it is pretty powerful i think saying especially you know i I rely on my doctor and the preponderance of doctors in the world who say vaccinating is important and it's safe is a huge statement i think it's a, a good statement to rely on too because it encourages parents to go back to their doctors and ask questions instead of sort of doing this playground conversation rumor spreading that can be dangerous on so many levels so i have a couple of ways to challenge parents to do that standing their ground in saying i vaccinate my kids Uh, one of them i've mentioned before uh, but national immunization awareness month is the perfect time to do that and that's to change your facebook profile picture using Mm -hmm. one of our little frames that says i am vaccinated or my family is vaccinated and you can find that by going to the voices for vaccines facebook page and if you click on or if you view our profile picture there it the directions on how to change your your profile picture are right there and then you can just sit in that for august and say look family's vaccinated that's all you need to know about us so um, easy. the second thing i'd really love to challenge people to do go ahead i just said it's so easy just it's an easy thing you can do it's super easy i mean that shouldn't be intimidating to anybody and if people want to come by and say why are you poisoning your kids it's full of mercury <laughs> and rfk jr was crying you can just say you know i i do it because my doctor is a smart guy and i like him <laughs> or a smart woman um the second thing if you're a little more uh courageous is to wear a pro-vaccine shirt or a pro-vaccine button somewhere super public during the month of August. I'd like everyone to just try that out. Just go Mm. to, you know, the baseball game or go to the Billy Joel concert. Billy Joel concert. I'm trying Mm. to think of where you go in summer. I'm like, I don't know. I'm out of summer ideas. Go to your national night out block party, wherever you're going, wearing a shirt that says my family is vaccinated or make America vaccinate again or or whatever it says. Even if you just take your own shirt and just scroll on it, vaccines, woohoo, do that. (laughs) Go out in public, (laughs) wear your shirt, um, be the voice of almost everybody who knows that vaccines are great and that i think makes a huge statement when people are not only vaccinating their their children and their families but also willing to proclaim that in a public way it's it's profound and if and if you wear your shirts or your buttons or whatever in public take a picture of it you know Mm -hmm. tweet it out on with niam 17 
send it to the Voices for Vaccines page uh, to our Why I Choose gallery, voicesforvaccines.org slash gallery. You'll see all these pictures of people loving the fact that they vaccinate their families. And you can send us your picture being, you know, super happy at the Billy Joel concert wearing a vaccine sure. shirt. That would be yep. so bizarre. Um, <laughs> but th- there's there's so many things you can do to to amplify the fact that your children are vaccinating and to reach out into the corners of your personal social networks and to to let people know that it, it's okay to talk about the fact that our kids are vaccinated, that we value it. And, and you don't have to feel like you're starting something controversial because it's not like when you're vaccinating your kids, you're vaccinating them at people. You're not doing it <laughs> as a way of like lording over people that this is happening. It's it's just, it's something you enjoy the same way that if if you like you know Ed DeBevix in Chicago you buy the shirt and you're like hey look I like Ed DeBevix That's right. same thing I like vaccines you like Billy Joel you get the Billy Joel shirt at the concert unless they don't have tall sizes in which case you don't I think we should mention at this point that Nathan went to a Billy Joel concert last night yes this is true <laughs> <laughs> okay. and I had a great time and there was you know it was vaccine related in that in we didn't start the fire the word vaccine just is one of the many things that are listed. Now, I, I imagine that the anti-vaxxers are like, ah, this is a huge list of very bad things in We Didn't Start the Fire, <laughs> including thalidomide, including Richard Nixon, including many things. But really, it's both. I mean, it's major historical events. And uh, in the concert, I'm sorry about this digression, but uh, <laughs> the, the, the large video screens, the large projected or whatever they do nowadays, screens that are showing like graphics and stuff while he's playing, like shows a frame of every single thing in that song and there is what i'm pretty sure from my you know not 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 nosebleeds but not real close seats was uh, a polio vaccine so that's nice. the way to tie that event right into today well i think that you you get that one you get that free pass since i talked about a book about the south pole so sure okay there we go <laughs> we'll be much more on topic the other three National Immunization Awareness Month podcasts. We this promise. is what happens when we don't have a guest um, to direct us. We just get to freestyle talk about things that are vaguely related to vaccination, which I like. I think that's fun to do once in a while. It is. <laughs> so this week is Babies and Young Children. A healthy start begins with on-time vaccinations. And I love that topic because most of us don't think about vaccines until the day that we have to bring our babies in to be vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I brought my baby, my first baby in to be vaccinated in 2003. And I'll tell you, I don't know exactly... (laughs) when I brought him in the first time, if it was at two weeks or two months to to get a happy shot or I'm not sure. It's all very foggy because you're not very awake. Sure. But at at this time I had just left my job teaching English to go on maternity leave. Uh and I brought this like perfect, handsome, beautiful mm. baby in and and he was perfect. And, you know, I right before I was going to bring him to the doctor for these shots, I had that little moment where I thought, No, hang on a second. A- am I supposed <laughs> to be scared of this? I feel like 
people have said something and maybe I'm supposed to be afraid of this. Like there's so much information. What am I supposed to think about this? And I'm going to tell you something super ironic, Nathan. I, I calmed myself down by reading this section about vaccines in Dr. William Sears baby book. Oh my. Not even kidding. (coughs) And there was a paragraph in there that said mm-hmm. that vaccines are safe and they're important and yeah. that that reactions are rare. And I said, okay, that's all I needed. That's all I needed to hear. It was just like, yep, it's safe. Go do it. Okay, okay, Dr. Sears, I'll go so, vaccinate my baby. Worth pointing out, though, just for, for listeners who may not be aware. So uh, we often talk about Dr. Bob Sears, who is a, a, a related but different Sears than you're talking about, right? You're talking about I'm talking Bill about Sears, dad. Yeah. His dad. So, and he's always been relatively, so Bill Sears has always been relatively pro-vaccine. Absolutely. Whereas his, his son has kind of fallen more towards the, I don't know how to describe it, but um, more Hollywood personality type, I feel like. And, and so um, caters to those, uh, um, those people who want to have their own <laughs> immunization schedules and all that stuff so you heard you you were you were positively influenced by daddy sears to uh to immunize your kid i was and you know this is also back in 2003 and i don't know where bob sears was then but he certainly wasn't writing books about vaccines sure so I, I brought the baby in and kind of psyched myself up and was like, this is going to be fine. I remember my pediatrician looked at me and he said, if the baby gets a fever, you can give him Tylenol. And I didn't have Tylenol at home. And I think I had this look of like <laughs> sheer panic. And he's like, it's okay. We'll give you Tylenol. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, was, I was so nervous. It's just so funny to think about now. And when the nurse gave him the vaccines, I really, I really did honestly cry. I was like, it's okay, Hmm. baby, it's fine. I was just a mess. And, you know, and that's why I really understand so much how parents can bring their babies in and not have felt reassured. And then, you know, when the babies are crying or fussy or being babies, Mm -hmm. that they really feel like I did something wrong. I I get how that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I, I, for full disclosure, for anyone who has any doubts my kids are fully fully immunized um some the couple of them have extra vaccines actually my <laughs> husband my husband is super duper immunized my husband's even had the anthrax vaccine mm-hmm. so we are a really immunized family family i've had hepatitis a vaccines because i'm super paranoid about people who prepare my food sure um but the babies and young children it's where it all starts and i i think yeah. if you have that reassurance and your baby gets vaccinated, and then you you feel good about the fact that you're protecting that baby against really terrible diseases, some of which we covered during our National Infant Immunization Week podcast. Sure. Then it, it's it's a good thing. You feel good. You know, I tried to talk when I talked to parents at that two month visit because um, I don't see newborns in the hospital anymore, so I'm not doing the talk to talk about the hepatitis B vaccination at the time of birth. So the first contact I have with most families, well, I, I, a fair amount of families I'll see for a prenatal visit, and we'll talk about vaccines. I make sure that that's at the top of the list of things to talk about with those families. But when I talk with them at the two-month visit, I always try to use language that talks about 
protecting your child against these things. I always try to make it. I, there's a few things that 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 get me, um, uh, they, they get under my skin, and that is when anybody is really even at a two month visit, but all older particularly, whenever shots are mentioned and, and parents are like, oh no, you know, or and I try not to do that. I think it's easy even for doctors to be like, oh gotta get these shots you know and understanding that in part that's just because there's pain pain is bad we don't want pain um so that that's understandable to have that empathy and want to kind of say that in that way but i i think of it kind of like you might think about exercise or other things where you don't like want to present it as you gotta go get that exercise <laughs> you know it's good for you i know it's awful but you, you gotta you know do it anyway that's not a great way not to get anybody to exercise and exercise hurts i mean it causes some measure of distress to exercise right oh yes uh, and and <laughs> and um and and immunizing as well it causes some measure of distress but i'll talk with families about at the two-month visit and I will be like, your child is due for some vaccines today. These are the diseases that we're protecting your baby against today. And then kind of list them and go through them and such. And then I think that's a good way to present that. Absolutely. And, and so think about that too. If you have family members or friends that are going to be immunized, remember that. Think about that first reaction because I think it's so easy to be like, to, to react in a, I mean, you want to be empathetic. You want to, you know, you know that, that shots can cause babies to be fussy. But at the same time, I think a positive reaction to hearing that somebody is going to be immunized is the best initial response. Yes, absolutely. And, th and that's another thing parents really can do to help out other parents. You know, oh, we got to go get Johnny his flu shot or, oh, we got to get our two-month vaccines. You know, thank you. That's excellent. And that's another thing, actually, that I saw on uh, the Twitter sphere is Chelsea Clinton tweeted out a few days ago that her son Aiden was just in getting mm -hmm. his MMR vaccine because he turned one. And talk about restoring faith in humanity. The number of people who are, who are saying thank you for protecting your child and your community. It was a lot. And these are mm -hmm. the... Th it was a lot. Uh, and that's, you know, that's similar to what Craig found out when he went on his um, tour, or his first leg of his tour, is that there are actually a lot of people out there who are supporting vaccines. If we all said something, it would make a huge difference, especially to that parent who's looking at their, their perfect baby, although I, I swear no baby's ever been as perfect as mine, but <laughs> looking at their perfect baby and thinking, how 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 am I going to do this to this baby? It's going to hurt. And is this, I feel like people have said things that it's unsafe that if, that if we're saying loudly enough, thank you for vaccinating your baby, uh, that, and thank you for keeping your family vaccinated. That really makes a huge difference when you're walking into the exam room. Maybe that parent won't fall to pieces like I did. I'll tell you though, the second baby I brought in, I was like, stab mm. him up. Yeah, He's fine. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Don't cry, baby. You'll be fine. It's nothing. We had to get home. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need those band-aids. They're fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> can we just, go? Yep. We're getting out of here now. Yeah. We got other things to do. <laughs> Which is fantastic. 
Well, um, you know, I feel a little bit like one of the other things we should talk about, and I know that we've talked about this on other podcasts, but when we talk about infant, if we're talking today about infant immunizations, is just how important it is to get your child immunized when on time, yes. uh, when they're younger, when they are two months old and when they're four months old and when they're six months old, when they're infants. Um, when we talk about delaying vaccinations, which always sounds like that nice compromise where we get mm -hmm. a child immunized, but we do it later or we do it spaced out, that neglects the fact that all of these vaccines that we give in infancy are given in infancy for a reason, uh, that to delay them significantly increases the risk for some babies. If you are delaying a whooping cough vaccine, oh, you are, you know, absolutely like working against that vaccine working. By the time you get that series done, it may not nearly be as big of a deal. And it, hopefully you dodge the bullet in, in the meantime, but you might not dodge the bullet. You might, your baby might get whooping cough. Um, influenza, you know, is right. a, something that you want to get done during the influenza season when, as soon as you can at the right time, when the baby's old enough to get it at six months old, um, all of them, yeah, you know, rotavirus. Yeah. Pneumococcal yeah. rotavirus. Mm -hmm. Hib. Those Hib. Are, yep. None of those are things that you want a young baby to get. I mean, you don't want people to get pneumonia when they're older either, but it, that, you know, I, I was hospitalized at one year old with pneumonia. You, that's... Mm -hmm. It's a bad deal. You don't want that. And all three of those vaccines that you just mentioned, the Hib, the pneumococcus, and the rotavirus are ones that um, are specifically targeted towards that age group. Like you actually yes. age out of all three of those. They, that is the high risk zone there, age range, where if you're going to get one of those diseases, it's going to be really bad. So much so that when you're a certain age, like when you're five or six, the Hib is not nearly as much of a threat and you don't even get the vaccine if you've never gotten it before and you've turned six or five. Right. Um, so don't delay on those. Infant immunizations are supposed to be given to infants on time for a reason. Absolutely. And then the other part of that really is that if you're delaying or creating your own schedule, that's just a nightmare to keep track of. You You want your kids vaccinated on time you don't want to have to try to figure out when you're going to get into extra appointments and the more kids you have the, the more you realize how important it is to just stay on schedule and on time your doctor knows what shots your kids need y you know you don't have to create some strange bracket system to figure mm -hmm. out which ones are coming up um and, and you don't have to do some strange math in your head to try to figure out where your child is at risk. Your child's at risk for those diseases when the vaccines are due. Mm -hmm. You just yep. go get them. Well, before we go, Nathan, I just want to mention one exciting little piece of news about the guest we had on in July. Mm -hmm. Mr. Craig Egan has his GoFundMe account set up to work his second half of his um, world pro-vaccine world tour. Mm -hmm. He's going Including to... Including Des Moines and Minneapolis. And Minneapolis. Right? And also mm -hmm. Kansas, er areas around Kansas City and Wichita, mm -hmm. Lawrence, Kansas. Um, so if you're in those areas, you know, look him up, uh, Craig Egan, and, and get in touch with him and, and tell him you want to meet up with him. But the exciting news on his GoFundMe account is he woke up one morning and the GoFundMe team has a program where they give to they they actually give their own money to campaigns that excite them and they gave him <laughs> a thousand dollars. 
that's incredible. Right. So, so they're in on the whole conspiracy. That's in wow. That's I know. Good to know. Go the, funny. The, the funny thing about that is that the anti-vaxxers had been had been flagging and reporting yeah, his right. GoFundMe thing mm -hmm. all over the show, yes. and then GoFundMe is like, oh. Well, thanks Thank for bringing this to, our this to our attention. attention. Here, here's a thousand dollars, Craig. Oh man, <laughs> only Craig Egan. Oh right, he lives such an interesting oh, life. Well, I think that's a good place for us to head out. Good. It's good. Please join <laughs> us next week. Next week is I got to look this up. Next week is uh, we're going to be talking about pregnant women and maternal okay. vaccination. So that that'll be fantastic. Excellent. In the meantime. You can find Voices for Vaccines at voicesforvaccines.org. Make sure if you want to receive our newsletter to hit the Join Us button. And if you want to, us to keep doing podcasts, you might want to donate at support. My name is Karen Ernst, and I am the Executive Director of Voices for Vaccines. And my name is Nathan Boonstra, and I am a general pediatrician in Des Moines, Iowa. You can find me fairly easily on Twitter or Facebook or my blog at pedsgeekmd.com. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us, and you have a good night, um, Nathan. You too. Good night. Good night. Thank you.